Uh, Dude, this little note that. at the end here. I got to. In February, a man was charged with hitting another man in the head with a shovel during a fight at Southern Raceway. <laughs> I think I saw that clip. I definitely saw that clip, and it was like the dude was barely hitting him with the hit with the Damn shovel. Southern late model boys. They uh, <laughs> they roll different. That's for sure. Where is this track at? It's in um, Florida. Milton, oh, Florida, of course, right? of course it is. Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, it was our fault. We made a mistake. Spotter said it was clear. I wasn't clear. And, you know, I didn't want to tear my car, tear his car up either. I respect everybody and I demand respect. And, you know, I apologize to the guy when he came over the car, explained to him what happened. And then he took it to another level when he started calling me an idiot and whatever else. And I don't appreciate that. I'm not going to take it. I told him how I feel. I called him out. He didn't show. You know, and so, you know, I'm good with it. He's good with it. But I'm not going to be disrespected by no means. Yeah, I guess uh, I had a dinner date at Applebee's last night that they find about till it's too late. It's a shame we love their riblets and boneless wings, but uh And welcome back to Meet Me at Applebee's, your racing nonsensical television review <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> not, not your finest work, buddy. Have, nope, not a good mean, one. I don't, I don't mean to one. judge you right off the bat, but that, yeah, you know, we can do better than that. But for this week, it's fine. <laughs> one of these days, I'll come up with a good, solid catchphrase. Yeah, this week was dumb. No, just but switch it, it up every week. It's fine. Nah, we got, we got to, got to be consistent. But anyways, here's the consistency. I, I am Brian K, and with me as always are my co-hosts Rob and Ashley. How are y'all doing this week? Oh, well, I'm pretty good. I, as I said to you guys before we started here, I shoveled out my driveway today. We got a few inches of snow today, so my old ass is a little sore. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm more concerned about true love and, and the 40 degrees they're having down in uh, Georgia right now. That's <laughs> rough. <laughs> Just hoping for a heat wave. I had, the weekend, yeah, I had I to put sleeves on. God, it's all poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. I'm going get back to the track this weekend so i'm in hell yeah a chipper your, spirit you're the first one of uh of the group to go to a race this season so excited sure. to hear how that turns out are you doing are you doing just sunday are you going to both races or what's what's no, your i'm just i'm just doing sunday this weekend so. sorry i won't have any reports on truck or xfinity oh, yeah, all we, right. we all know it's going to be a nightmare no matter what happens so no that's true. I just I just need to recoup on some of my losses. I shouldn't say losses from last week, but let's just say uh, now that we'll we'll get into the Phoenix segment of the show. William Byron really fucked me, like really really bad. <laughs> you know, I I am not one to root for Kevin Lars or Kevin Harvick over Kyle Larson, but I was definitely rooting for Larson all all day because I had a good amount of money on him, and it looked like uh -huh. he was going to net me a couple hundred bucks out of this win. But no. Nope. Oh. That last fucking restart completely fucked me. Fucked so many people. I think yeah. I, my winnings went from like almost two hundred dollars to about fifty. Gave the old Blaney sister treatment, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna get cut, but <laughs> or maybe not. Who knows? We have an explicit tag on this show. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. We're, we're adults here. We can make adult jokes. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I lost money off that too much, but. Yeah, wow, what it's pretty much an identical race to Vegas, was it not? Uh yeah, I mean it was it was 
a pretty boring race up until I guess the last 15 minutes of it, and and then it was just disappointing. So yeah, I gotta be honest, I didn't mind it so much. I mean, it's pretty good for Phoenix. I thought Kevin Harvick coming through the field and doing his thing was kind of awesome. I think that if he would have won the race, uh, people's opinions of the race would have been a little different. But yeah. I don't know. That's about as good as Phoenix can get. I'm, I'm kind of convinced that it's more of a track problem than it is a yeah. uh, package problem. I think you can bring just about anything on earth to that place. And it's not going to be that great for whatever reason. I mean, Indy cars went there and it sucks shit too. So I, I don't know. Like, I've watched enough of the older races too to, to understand that. Yeah, it's always been, I mean, it's an interesting layout, but it's not ever really produced amazing racing at all yeah but they can't all be bangers i guess is the other side of that coin you know no and this 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 coming weekend will most likely be a pretty good race i feel like so yeah i would, I would imagine so but yeah phoenix was was fun i i did enjoy it granted i did go to a um uh saint patrick's day parade next to my house uh before the race and i got pretty tuned up so maybe that's why my opinion is a little more sunny than a lot of people Probably helped. <laughs> yeah. It certainly didn't hurt. <laughs> True love, what'd you think? Um, it was it didn't do anything for me. I mean Phoenix never does anything for me. You know. Yeah. I, the only highlight I mean, I'm not a Harvick fan, but being able to actually see a car catch and pass the leader one time during the whole race was probably the highlight. For sure. He did it several times too, yeah. so it's crazy. There's only one more Phoenix race with Kevin Harvick because yeah, just is there anyone other than say like Jimmy Johnson at uh, Dover that was as consistent as Harvick was or is at Phoenix? It's it's incredible. But yeah, I'm sure Mike Joy told us during the race on Sunday, but I don't remember. Again, I went to a St. Patrick's Day parade, so I I couldn't hear what he was saying <laughs> by that point, but. But yeah, you know, but, disappointing for SHR for sure. Uh, they did look pretty good, though, to be honest. Ryan Priest came away at the top 12. That's mm-hmm. not a thing, but he came in 12th. Uh, Chase Briscoe was up there, too, and I'm sure Eric Almarola was up, up there as well. That's kind of a place where SHR does tend to excel. It's like the flat one-mile tracks. You know, they'll probably, I imagine they'll look okay at Richmond and New Hampshire as well, but I don't know. I, it's it, 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 literally kind of the same race we saw at Vegas, right down to the uh, – finishing order almost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll, we'll go into this one next i would say uh it, it seems like there's going to be possibly some fallout from this race uh come tomorrow uh, on two different accounts one who the hell knows what nascar is going to do about those hood louvers on all the hendrick cars mm-hmm. uh if precedent tells us they're going to lose some points and some money but it also seems like one of those deals where it could have been a manufacturing issue and they had to alter the louvers to actually fit the hood of the car yeah who we i think we still don't understand or really know what the hell is going on with that yet but what we do know and we do understand is denny hamlin made an idiot out of himself on his own fucking podcast <laughs> yesterday <laughs> by straight up admitting that he tried to uh wreck ross chastain at the very end of the race now motherfucker turned himself in yeah i you know on himself it's it's only been like a month of this show and i already think it's doing damage to denny's career now granted i think most people have most people have different opinions on denny i've always i shouldn't say i've always been a fan of his but i've liked denny but i will say this yeah i've been a denny fan but i can see why people don't like him however on this show he's already given two great reasons not to like him probably more actually but the two big ones are a 
admitting this Ross thing and, and really just showing himself to be the one who has lost his feud. Like he is, he Ross is yeah. in his head. He has totally yeah. gotten to, yeah, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's lost his feud. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. The other thing he did that definitely pissed people off was he won the Powerball. Now, <laughs> he, he didn't win the, you the know, full... I, I block that out. Yeah, I am fucking angry about that. You're right. He didn't win the, the billion dollars or whatever. But yeah, somebody told him to get some Powerball tickets uh, a few months ago or whatever. And he ended up winning. He never said how much he won. But I have to assume it's somewhere in the six to seven figure range. You know, again, he was splitting it up with people. So, you know, it's not like it's an insane windfall for him. But yeah, just the fact that Denny Hamlin, already a multimillionaire, ended up winning the Powerball. <laughs> um, just really just making himself to be a real slimy prick on this show. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I just really think, especially after what happens, you know, whatever kind of penalty he gets for admitting his, his uh, wrongdoings, you know, I think it's really going to probably put a clamp down on the show a little bit and probably watch what he says a little bit closer. Well, I mean, Dale Jr. gave him a podcast probably as a strategic element here to help out yeah. Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, <laughs> he's going to sink his own ship. But I, I don't know. In, in both cases, there there is precedent uh, for some pretty decent penalties. Denny's less so. Yeah. But, I mean, what happened last time uh, Rouch decided to fuck around and find out by – manipulating a part that didn't fit correctly and maybe i have my facts a little bit skewed again that was many beers ago but i think it was 100 points for brad keselowski and it was a pretty similar confiscation and excuse that they gave and Mm. there's a couple of points where rfk got busted for something like that and eventually they got the big penalty so i wouldn't be surprised to see some a lot of the hendrick guys kind of crawling out of a hole this year I'm curious to see how that affects Chase Elliott. I don't think it will. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before the show. Uh, you seem pretty confident, both of you, that there won't be any sort of additional ramifications for Chase because it's kind of race by race. But it could. This could be a big problem for Hendrick, mm-hmm. uh, and I think they'll all be fine. I mean, but right now you got Alex Bowman leading the points. That's obviously going to take him out if it's a even 50 points is a big penalty, you know. Yeah. But 100 seems to be the the president that's been set for a penalty of what everyone seems to think is coming. And then if you don't penalize them, then I don't know. Like NASCAR is always going to be in a damned if you do, damned if you don't type situation in these deals. So mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Um, uh, I, I don't know. I haven't really been following this story very closely since my Hendrick driver is uh, dead and forgotten for the next six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, he, I, he administered a penalty to himself, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> I, I think really it, it it's you know it's the precedent thing. Like NASCAR kind of has to, even even if it is truly because that's one thing Denny did say on his podcast when he was talking about it was that I think he made it seem like it was a manufacturing issue and and Hendrick because of a part that wasn't maybe made the right way mm-hmm. had to kind of uh, you know alter it to be put on the car and you know that's one of those things where it's it's tough when nascar is mandating these teams to run these parts well if the parts are fucked up and have to make put them on the car and you have to work to put them on the car like what do you expect it to do here you know it doesn't seem like whatever they did to the car was done in a way to aid in performance at all at least so far that's all we know so you know it's tough it's tough to really see the hammer get you know (laughs) i probably shouldn't use that joke just yet it's hard to see the hammer come down on you're waiting Um, the transition early buddy but (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. There are more yeah. hammer, more hammer content in this show. So yeah, it's 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 really tough to uh, it's tough for them. You know, again, I'm not a huge Hendrick fan, so I, I don't really care either way what happens to him. But uh, yeah. you know, I think I think they have to get some sort of decent fine or penalty. For I, I agree, and I think that you know if they're going to give Eric Almarola a loose wheel penalty because the hub exploded, yeah, then I I think you're that's the sort of hard line, you know get your hand chopped off for stealing type mentality that NASCAR is going to be taking going forward. So yeah, I would expect something to pop up tomorrow. So moving on from the Phoenix news, uh, yesterday, uh, some social media content, um, the infamous rapper Drake wheelchair, uh, Jimmy, baby. Yes. Wheelchair, Jimmy. I don't know who, (laughs) who out there from our our listenership are fans of Degrassi, but that's how I know Drake. I had to Google. I saw y'all write down wheelchair Jimmy. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I had to Google it. I think I thought, I, thought, I thought you and I talked about this at one point, true love, about how mm-hmm. big of a Degrassi fan I am. But uh, oh, I think you did admit that at one point. Yes. We, we, we haven't yet, but we will have to have that discussion. <laughs> I love Degrassi, a... and we'll, we'll save that for another, another, time, another but... podcast altogether. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, um, you know, wheelchair Jimmy Drake, uh, you know, he's he's been a somewhat of a fashion influencer over the years. And uh, it was reposted a photo of him wearing a Dale Earnhardt leather jacket. Now, within about five minutes of finding that photo, I was able to find the exact jacket he wore and probably even the one that he bought because it was the only one on eBay that I could find. Um, but it was just a chase jacket from the 2000s. Nothing fancy, nothing incredibly expensive. But of course, this has NASCAR fans up in arms about, up. Oh, look at Drake. He's a NASCAR fan now, blah, blah, blah. Well, A, that's not really the case. Um, for those who don't understand or know, um, NASCAR gear has been popular within the hip-hop and streetwear communities since the 90s. I remember seeing dudes at the mall wearing racing jackets and t-shirts when I was a little mm-hmm. kid. And uh, let's just say they probably weren't actually race fans. Let's leave it at that. But A lot, a lot of Eminem's Elliott Sadler jackets out there. I'm oh, yeah. Sure the, yeah. Uh, I'm sure just... the dudes from the South Valley in Albuquerque weren't exactly Elliott Sadler fans. You know, If I'm not, I'm sure they aren't. Not to generalize, but yeah, yeah. it seems like a stretch. I just want to say this this jacket he's wearing, if you look at the picture, to me it looks like it weighs a hundred pounds. It probably I can, does. Like, <laughs> I can hear the jacket through the picture making like a pleather couch. Well it's, it's noise. You can smell that damn jacket too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, I looked it up. It's a real leather jacket, but it's only got leather sleeves. It's it's wool uh the body itself is wool. Mm-hmm. Um and it's got some leather on the back and all that. So here's here's my issue with it. Again, one, I don't really care that a rapper, whoever, anybody who's not into NASCAR is wearing NASCAR gears. That just kind of is what it is. My yeah. problem is a few years ago, Drake wore a vintage Razor Ramon, the wrestler T-shirt, and that blew up the wrestling t-shirt collector community and just made t-shirt values skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. I don't know if Drake has the same cachet now that he did five years ago. I don't necessarily see that happening now with NASCAR gear. I just know that there are definitely certain people online that were like excited to see a rapper yeah. wearing yeah. a NASCAR jacket. And it's like, well, you ain't going to fucking see him at a race, you know, like it's right. happen. I will say that I saw somebody, I think it was on Twitter. They were 
talking to Mark Martin about it and suggested that he check out Drake if he doesn't like Drake already. And he called him soft as tissue paper. Well, that was, that was, that tweet was from 2015, but at that point, Mark oh, Martin, yes. yes that, at that point, Mark Martin was already an established. Gigi man, so like, yeah. that's why he made that. Point. I didn't realize it was that old, but I think it still stands today. But you asked yeah. Mark from his RV in Montana or wherever the fuck he is right now, I'm sure he'd probably say the same thing. Yeah, it's clearly still relevant. So, so that's those are my news stories of the weekend, and and we had some other news stories that uh, Rob, I'll let you oh, get into. It was fight night down in Florida, y'all. Holy shit! Short track season is uh, open for business, and we had a couple of good ones down at Five Flags for the first ASA race, uh, the ASA Stars Tour. Of course, the resurrection of that tour. It's just you know. Super late, I guess, but Bubba Pollard and Casey Roderick got into it pretty good. Casey just straight sent Bubba on a restart, <laughs> cost him the win. And, um, you know, a lot of races at Five Flags are settled in the tech shed. Uh, well, this one, there was just a fight in the tech shed, so something got settled, but it wasn't the win. Uh, Roderick actually felt pretty bad about it, but, man, I would not want to piss off a good old, you know, southern fried chicken-ass boy like <laughs> Bubba Pollard. <laughs> That's a big boy, and I wouldn't want to make him mad. I would say he was justified in going over and airing his grievances. Uh, also, shout out to uh, uh, Ty Majeski using his uh, NASCAR truck series experience and running stages and all that shit to uh, come back uh, from some setbacks early on to finish third in that race. Also, Carson Hosevar finishing fifth. We're talking about NASCAR. Uh, I actually haven't watched the whole race. So I just saw the highlights of it, but it looked pretty good. You know, I think ASA's got some shit to uh, sort out, but. You know, it is what it is. It's a late model show at uh, Five Flags. So, but the big story here is the uh, big fight down at Southern Raceway, the Southern All-Stars Series. Uh, Of course, dirt late models. I fucking love dirt late models. And uh, this was, you know, pretty, pretty par for the course at Southern Raceway. I think the hammers always come out there and someone always goes to jail. This week it was Ashton Winger and his former owner, JR, excuse me, GR Smith getting into it on the racetrack. Uh, GR felt a little bit slighted by a move that Ashton put on him in retaliation to uh, getting chopped. And he proceeded uh, once the yellow came out after uh, GR kind of got crossed up and sent into the infield, came back and just doorstopped the fuck out of Ashton Winger. And that turned into a big old brawl. And, and I didn't realize this until about five minutes before we started recording this. I had a, an opinion about the whole thing, but then Brian brought a news story to my attention this actually made local news because ashton's dad whooped on gr with a hammer is that what i'm hearing <laughs> that's, that's what the news report says although they didn't they didn't uh you know mention gr by name but they just said the uh, according, yes according to the arrest report ashton winger <laughs> drove his vehicle into the victim's vehicle during the race causing the victim who is not yet been identified to spin it on the track it's gr smith folks We're, I'm, I'm happy to make that announcement there's only one guy that could fucking be it's gr smith the report states that the victim admitted to ramming into ashton winger's vehicle as payback prior to leaving the track according to the report the victim then went into his trailer to change that's when ashton winger's father gary reportedly entered his trailer and hit him multiple times in the head with a hammer the ball peen hammer yep. say in the report that gary winger hit the victim in the head three times with the ball peen hammer he suffered swelling and redness to his left temple uh the report states witnesses eventually broke up the altercation gary winger who suffered cuts to his face was then taken into custody yikes yeah and ashton went after uh i believe it was his hauler driver or merch guy after the race because gr was already gone the original sort of lay of the land that i thought happened was that gr took off 
And it's probably because he was going to the hospital because he got clobbered with a ball <laughs> peen hammer. <laughs> but Ashton also spent the night in jail for an altercation uh, with, uh, again, it was the merch guy, the hauler guy. So he, he picked up the check for the remainder of Ashton's grievances. Uh, and, uh, yeah, wow, fun night out there at Southern. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest, I don't even know who the hell won that race. <laughs> <laughs> I just know about the fight. So. Yeah, when somebody's getting hit with a hammer, who the hell cares who won? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's the real story. And speaking of stories, I guess it's time for our Darf of the Week. Yeah, we'll keep it in the dirt late model world here. Uh, of course, Jonathan Davenport announced that he's running for colleague at the uh, Bristol Dirt Derby, whatever the hell they're calling it now. The NASCAR dirt race at Bristol. And a lot of, I don't know, like, again, I, I love dirt late models. It's something that's newer in my life, but that fan base is opinionated in the same ways that the old Winston cup fan base is. And people Mm -hmm. are so mad or some people are pissed anyway, that Jonathan Davenport is stepping over to NASCAR. And I don't have a particular person I want to call out this week, but it's just the general attitude I saw online of like, man, Jonathan Davenport out of stick to dirt racing. And I want to (laughs) counter to those people and just ask them a question. It's like, why the fuck do you think they are trucking in half of Tennessee to put on that racetrack for Do- Jonathan Davenport to race on if it's not a dirt race? Yeah. Like, NASCAR is racing on dirt. It's a dirt race. That's why he's – they didn't ask him to come run fucking Coda. I'll tell you that much. So, <laughs> yeah, my dark of the week is whoever is throwing shade at fucking Mr. Money himself. Superman Jonathan Davenport, who I think will actually probably have a pretty damn good showing at that race. Uh, At least in the heats and that sort of thing. Uh, We'll see how it goes for the whole race. I feel like that it's, you know, how Bristol goes and they put dirt on it. It turns into a pavement race about 100 laps in. But I think Jonathan Davenport's going to acquit himself pretty well. And he is an incredibly talented guy. Even Kyle Larson says he's pretty unbeatable. So I'll take his word for it. So, yeah, give give my man a chance. It's, it's, It's a dirt race for fuck's sake. Come on. It should be interesting. It's just, uh, you know, it's it's just funny how ignorant fans can be sometimes. And there's so many re- things that they're ignorant about. But telling yeah. a dirt driver to stick to dirt when he's been entered into a dirt race is another <laughs> level. That's good. That's just reading comprehension 101. Folks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the door for the week. Um, now, I guess we're going to go to a new i don't know if it'll be a regular segment i guess it depends on how many people actually ask us questions but we got our first fan question this week and this one's gonna come from uh, actually a personal friend of mine uh, his name is dylan johns he is a go-kart racer and bmx yeah. rider out of toledo ohio he and i have known each other for a long time and he sent us a question uh we we covered indy last week with the new england 200 and uh his question was kind of tied into <laughs> that um and how we talked about how boring f1 was also uh so netflix's f1 show is a major factor behind f1's growing popularity in the u.s (laughs) but as you said the racing is stale do you think uh new u.s fans will convert to indie from f1 once they realize f1 gets boring now i'm gonna let i'll let rob you can you can start off the the answers here well f1's always been boring there's that's never been um and I'm a fan as well. I talk shit about Formula One, but I grew up watching Formula One alongside NASCAR, IndyCar, sprint cars, all that shit back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever was on ESPN, you know, before church, after church, when I was a kid, that's what I liked. And I, again, like Formula One in the 90s, at the same time as CART, what we were talking about last week, was an incredible time. But let's be honest, like McLaren was winning 15, 16 races at that time. 
But there's no question who was winning the championship. And, and I know there are different circumstances and et cetera. But anyway, F1 has never had a problem with um, – or a huge problem, in my opinion anyway, with having consistent results. Whereas, you know, McLaren wins every year or Michael Schumacher is going to win four championships, five championships in a row, whatever it is, you know. Uh, to answer your question about IndyCar being able to pick up fans because of – the racing not being that great. I, I honestly, I don't think so. I have my doubts that once <clears throat> drive to survive goes off the air, if a lot of people are going to stick around and watch, and especially if ESPN ends their commercial free coverage and it becomes some more of an Americanized broadcast. Yeah. I, I, I really have my doubts that people are going to want to stick around and dive in. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just pessimistic. I don't know. Uh, do I think IndyCar is positioned to pick up those pieces? Not necessarily. I think it would take them being on the same network as Formula One for that to work. Uh, there's no cross-promotion between the two, and it's really hard to do that when you're not on the same network anyway. You know, NBC, the best they can do is, you know, I think there's a series on USA. It's called it's Road to Indy is what it's called, right? I think it's what the name of the series is. I imagine it's pretty similar to the NASCAR series that uh, came out at the end of last year uh, leading up to Phoenix, and it came on after fucking Austin Dillon's fucking haircut hour or whatever that was you know <laughs> his reality show on usa like 10 p.m on a tuesday night was you know yeah i don't know uh, in short i think some fans will but i think for the most part the sort of people who are attracted to formula one because of the show um probably aren't going to latch on to anything else and it's not a slight to indycar at all i think that's probably the best major racing you can watch mm-hmm. right now but I really just don't have much faith that those connections can really be made because how do you do it? Like drive to survive is such an anomaly and such a flash in the pan, you know, miracle kind of thing. And not to mention F1's content is different. It is truly international. They have a different story to tell than anybody else. And I don't know if IndyCar or NASCAR or anyone else for that matter can really tell a story that's going to sort of transcend the way that, uh, drive to survive has been able to do that. So, um, in short, no, I don't. I don't think we'll see a lot of fans come over. I, I wish they would, though. I'll say that. Yeah, Ashley, you got anything to uh, to say to that? Uh, I really don't. I have not watched <laughs> the F one series on Netflix, so it's... see, I I haven't really either. I tried. I, I got a couple episodes into it, um, but I guess that's that's kind of where my point is is mainly lies. So. Uh, Going off of what Rob said about, you know, the Netflix show hooking hooking fans and and if other fans branch out to other forms of motorsports, that's good. But personally, what I've seen from people who are F1 fans who were never racing fans before, I have not seen many of those people branch out into other forms of motorsports. It's just not it's just not happened. Hasn't happened yet. Whether it be no. local motorsports, indie, NASCAR, whatever. It seems like they're F1 fans because of that show. And I get it. You know, it's a, it, you know, from what I've seen in the show, it's a compelling uh drama. Uh especially compared to the NASCAR one. Like I I watched the NASCAR one. It was fine. But yeah, I don't okay. think yeah, I don't think it hooks you. I don't think it it really tells the driver stories. It doesn't tell the drama of the sport itself it's, like con- it's content for people who are already watching you kind know of. I, I, me yeah. as a fan like yeah it's a little bit cream puff you know not drive to survive at the nascar series uh i i feel like 
it does a decent job of showing some additional shit that you would normally get to see. But I just yeah. don't think that it really appeals to anybody other than, you know, us. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, we're yeah. the ones who are tuning into USA at 10 p.m. on a Tuesday <laughs> to watch this nonsense, you know? Like, yeah. I, um... One one analogy I kind of wanted to, to make, and maybe it's not necessarily the best one, but I'll, I'll make it uh, as a as a pro wrestling fan because I am a pro wrestling fan. Um, <laughs> there are people that watch wrestling for literally what's in front of them. They just pay attention to the actual wrestling, the storylines, blah, blah, blah. And then there are people like myself who are a little more in tune with the behind the scenes drama and and how that creates what you see on the screen. To me, as a fan, with F1 – it seems like the racing itself is is almost a sideshow. It's everything surrounding the racing is what draws people in. Yeah. Whereas with NASCAR and Indy and, and other forms of motorsports, that story isn't necessarily told all that well prior to the track. So you just have to be engaged in what you're seeing in front of you. 100%, and, man. 100%. Yeah, so, so that, I guess, is where, again, you know – whether it be NASCAR, Indy, whatever, all of us fans of other forms of motorsports would love to see that love of F1 bleed over into our forms of racing and help grow the audiences and whatnot. But I just don't think it's going to happen. No, I also see a correlation between people who don't really follow American sports in general, not mm -hmm. to make it a socio-political kind of thing, but I feel like a lot of people who are drawn in by Drive to Survive, it, it was there was an element of sport that um, – they were able to latch on to that they weren't able to through you know the nfl or nascar or just american sports in general not to say that you know it's a rejection of being an american or whatever the hell it is that's not what i'm saying entirely but i feel like it's a little easier to think because there's a stigma to being a nascar fan right yes there's a, definitely a um... fan in the united states is a certain thing and in fact like in nashville right now you know obviously the fairgrounds are being renovated there's this whole like you know door door mail campaign with a flyer with a guy cut off Carl Edwards t-shirt with his arms in the air screaming as the poster <laughs> boy of why they shouldn't bring big time NASCAR racing to Nashville because you don't want this kind of trash coming in or at least that's like what they're sort of insinuating and I think a lot of people that are getting sucked into drive to survive you know and again it's a big tent everyone belongs I'm fine with people being a fan of whatever they're into you know more people watching racing of any kind is a good thing, in my opinion. Yeah. But with that said, my, it's finally an, an outlet that is not soiled by someone's, even if it's misled, someone's opinion of the people who they'd be associating with by being a part of this thing. And I think that's why it's such a success for, uh, especially like the Netflix crowd, you know? Well, I think also you have to, you know, account for the fact that compared to, even NASCAR here in America, F1 is a more universally accepted sport in general in Europe. Like people, it's it the, the stigma that NASCAR has, even as a NASCAR fan, that doesn't exist for F1 fans over there. You know, no, it does not. And also, I think the irony of an American ownership group buying it, uh, and now the Europeans are pissed that the Americans bought it, is also funny to me. And especially since they're kind of selling out to these less than savory. Uh, you know, oil countries in the Middle East <laughs> were <laughs> throwing races in an active war zone. <laughs> you know, I think I think eventually people are going to have to make a choice in that regard too. Uh, but I don't know. It 
at the end of the day, like I think we could all agree. No, I don't think it's going to change the face of IndyCar or any other motorsports in the United States. I think in a small degree it will. And I think that's going to be from people digging in and finding, you know, not to pat ourselves in the back, but content like this, you know, where they mm-hmm. find like-minded folks uh, to draw them in. And it's not going to be so much because of, you know, Romain Grosjean is racing necessarily, you know, yeah. because I don't think IndyCar has done a great job of making that connection either. And also at the end of the day, it's up to IndyCar to market themselves in that way. If this mm-hmm. is the way they want to go and they, these are the people and they feel like this is the, the ground to till, then, you know, by all means. But I don't think that they have done really much of anything to do that either so I, I i don't see much coming out of it to be honest yeah well i hope that answers your question dylan sorry if it's a disappointment but uh deal with it yeah. Um, yeah. and it probably didn't so <laughs> <laughs> but uh but seriously thank you for for asking a question and again if you like what you hear or you don't like what you hear or whatever you can reach out to us we love to hear it and again if this becomes a segment you guys asking us questions want to hear our opinions Please, let's make that work. Again, this is all about communication with y'all. Uh, there's a, a Q&A thing on Spotify. You can submit your questions there. You can hit, hit us up on the uh, on Instagram and our DMs, Twitter, wherever. We're everywhere. So please talk to us and say what's up. We love this shit. So. Yep, absolutely. So that uh, leads us to our final segment, which is the video of the week. And uh, this week, uh, I let Ashley uh, take the reins as far as picking a video. Uh, he made me do it, y'all. Well, that's listen. I, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I just I gave you an assignment and you you accepted it. So uh, being that Ashley is the first one to go to a race this season, um, I wanted her to talk about something that is local to her. So uh, Ashley found a race, and I will let her introduce it. Alrighty. Well, I picked the 1992 Nestle Chilled Beverages 300 bush grand national race at a lanier raceway so lanier raceway is my local short track growing up it's the one that's closest to me it's the one that i went to as a kid with my dad so i thought i'd dig up a video from there so there's nothing like remarkable about this race whatsoever but i just wanted to showcase um my local track so this did you track- go to this race not this race. This race, uh, I was like six years old. When which one did your dad? Which one did your dad go to though? Because you know my, you said your dad went. To I one. think my dad went to the eighty-eight, which was the first year that they did the Bush oh, Series yeah. here. So, oh. and did you ever go to any of the Bush races there? Uh, no. So the Bush Series ran at Lanier from eighty-eight to ninety-two, and then that was it. I now, went what, like oh. a little bit older. When Just, did they stop like running normal weekly races there? Um, Lanier shut down weekly races in 2011. Okay, so somewhat recently, I guess. Yeah. Don't tell me it's an Amazon warehouse, right? It's not an Amazon. No, warehouse. no. Now, okay, so it's <laughs> <laughs> it shut down in 2011, and it's just been sitting there. It's like preserved in time. It looks very similar to how it did back in the day it's just a little more decrepit but um the company caffeine and octane bought it recently the past couple years or so and they have demolished all the infield walls and buildings 
And so now it's just one big paved, like, black lake. And they use it as a uh, drifting course. So they'll have, like, weekly drifting events there now. I think this past weekend they had a big drifting event there. And uh, yeah. T-Pain has a drift team, and he brought his drift team out. So Fuck yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I'm telling you, man, drift drifting is going to save short track racing if it ever comes down to it. <laughs> one by one, these little shit-ass racetracks all around the country are getting yeah. saved by drift guys. It's it's going to happen. Mark my words. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but this is, this is now a couple that I can count because, I mean, you've got um, DeSoto. That, that's the Freedom Factory now. That's the yep. big one that I can think of. Yep. Sandia Speedway in my hometown of Albuquerque just got bought by Dan Brockett, Whiskey Garage. And uh, there, that's been the cornerstone of that track, as far as I can tell, is their their drift events throughout the summer. So yeah, it's you know they, those guys they see a uh, an opening, and they <laughs> well, jump well, on it. Well, well, folks, listen. When we get a Patreon, that's going to be our goal is to buy a racetrack. So uh, <laughs> stay tuned. Eventually, we'll get working on that. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> So before we get into my notes, because I've got quite a few notes here on this uh, somewhat uneventful 80-minute or so race, but but uh, Ashley, do you have anything specific you wanted to point out here before we get into to my notes? Um, no, just as like another follow-up. Like this race track, like I said, it served the Bush Series from 88 to 92, but like it also had ARCA races there, the Wheel and Modified series ran some races there and like as far as modern drivers go kyle bush harvick logano used to run here and of course chase elliott this was his home track and when he was 13 this is where he got his very first late model win so no kidding i did not know that so just a little linear history nice nice so let's see where i don't even know where to begin i i've way too much to say about this show <laughs> so let me first start off with the fact that this is the nestle chilled beverages 200 now if there's any 300 now if there's any example of how <laughs> differently nascar branding uh and marketing is today versus in 1992 so nestle sponsors this race now i I'll, I've I've done my due diligence in, in research here. This was Nestle was still kind of expanding in the U.S. Like they they hadn't they were still a, a Swiss company then, but they were starting to really establish themselves. Now, like Nestle, there's factories all over Cleveland. Um, one of their one of their Midwest facilities is here. So they sponsored the race under their chilled beverages line. Now, there is no fucking branding on the track at all. Uh, you don't even know what 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 brands. Do they have for chilled beverages? And, and I, all I could research at the time, there was Nesquik. Um, they owned Perrier Water at the time. Uh, there was Libby and Kearns's Juices, and then also Nesty. So those were the mm. chilled beverages. Quote they, unquote, they didn't make they YooHoo. No, Nesquik. Mm-hmm. That's that's they're they're the competitors for YooHoo. Yeah. So that they're the ones with, with shows the what I know about the corporate beverage world. <laughs> Shit. Yep. Um, and so again, no branding on the track, no, no anything. You don't even know what the hell the Nestle uh, chilled beverages are. Uh, they ended up sponsoring Chuck or Jim Bound. Uh, they already sponsored Chuck Bound under their Nestle line, but they mm-hmm. sponsored Jim Bound under Nesquik. Now, this was their race. This was Nestle's like 
you know, they're the title sponsor of this race. They sponsored two cars in the race. And Jim Bound couldn't be bothered to get stickers on the goddamn car in time. And they didn't even care. <laughs> they just said, that's fine. You know, you can just run it, whatever. <laughs> so right off the bat. There's annoying. tons of uh, Bush beer signs, so I noticed. Well, lots yeah, of Bush, Bush makes sure. Lots of those chilled beverages were yes. advertised. It's the well, Bush I mean, series, baby. It's nobody is, should right? be drinking fucking Nesquik at the track, anyways. That shit's yeah, gross. gross. Um, <laughs> Some hot Nesquik. And- <laughs> so, uh, Jerry Glanville of the Atlanta Falcons, he gets his second mention uh, on the show. Uh, this was his apparently at first attempt to yeah. uh, enter a Bush race, and he didn't make it. He barely missed it on time. Denied a provisional. Denied. Yeah, they didn't get, denied a provisional because he didn't have any points yet. So he didn't make the race, even in his hometown. Kind of a horseshit move by NASCAR, but whatever. Yeah. Um, he looked good get, in his little cowboy hat down there on pit road, though, talking about it. He, he looked very... He showed up well, styling. Well, what's funny is he actually... I think he talked on his episode of the Dale Jr. podcast about how he showed up with the Earnhardt gargoyles and he wanted to look intimidating on the track. Um, <laughs> Glenn Jarrett is like the main announcer, but you've got Mike Joy and Neil Bonnet. Uh, they don't, they're other race starts because you've got Road America, Road Atlanta right across the street, and then whatever Atlanta drag strip is also nearby. And they were both racing that weekend. That, that's actually a question I wanted to ask True Love. So it really is right across the street, right? Road Atlanta, yeah, is like Road directly- Atlanta is directly across the street from Lanier. Oh, that's awesome. So. And then um, Atlanta Dragway is in Commerce, which is not too far. But Atlanta Dragway is now demolished. They are actually turning that into like a battery factory. So, uh, yeah. Bummer. Um, let's see. Going into this race, uh, Uncle Kenny, Kenny Wallace, was in the points lead. Um, old you've dirt got, devil. You've got your pretty basic. I mean, it's a 1992 race. There's only 28 cars in it. You've got the Burtons. You've got Bobby Labonte. You've got... Kenny and Mike Wallace, uh, you've got the Bounds, um, you've got Brad Sorensen, who was Reed Sorensen's dad, he is in there, uh, Clifford Allison, this is one of his final races before he passed away later on in the season, Jeff Gordon was on pole, uh, he probably would have taken this race without an issue, he was he was gone uh, for a while until... Yeah. He he had a stuck throttle for the first portion of the race, and apparently that was caused by his air cleaner being loose. So with him, um, he ended up uh, having to pit to fix that, and he was also overdriving the car and ended up getting a flat tire. Um, Long story short, he ended up losing five laps and gaining a handful of them back at the very end of the race, so he ended up not winning. Uh, This race was originally scheduled for 200 laps, um, and Goodyear and Hoosier were planning on bringing tires that they knew would make 200 laps. NASCAR, in an effort to save teams money, didn't allow pit stops did, or didn't allow regular uh, tire changes. Um, you had to, if you pit under under uh, caution, it was and changed tires. It was a two lap penalty. Um, some guys changed tires later in the race, um, but. They were already you know, lapsed down by then. So yeah, it was it yeah. was very it's very strange to think about that now. How uh, you know it was probably twofold. I mean, the tires themselves couldn't have been that much more expensive, but I think it was probably partially due to the fact too that guys didn't want to bring their full teams for pit stops. That had to have been another cost cutting measure. Um, the track itself was fairly packed as far as fans were concerned. They had a good crowd, so it's kind of a bummer that this is 
one of, if not their last races there, uh, as far as Bush goes. Ward Burton had early problems uh, because uh, he ended up his his hood flew open. And he drove with his hood open for about three or four laps until NASCAR told him to come in and fix it. And wouldn't wouldn't you know it, the team forgot to put the goddamn hood pins. That's why that happened. It's so so. There's multiple instances. Um, you know, there's that. There's the air cleaner thing. Um, was there any else? There were a couple things. Oh, Joe Nemechek. Uh, brought his car from Hickory last week. The side was all fucked up, and even bother fixing that. I guess at that point, NASCAR said you could wait two weeks to fix any damage on your car so again crazy to think 30 (laughs) years ago you know this is how different nascar was and yeah they said that the hickory race the week before was an absolute demolition derby and Mm -hmm. like pretty much everyone in the field brought their cars from hickory so yeah so just really wild to see you know how different uh, things were back then. And, and speaking of differences, one thing that I, I want to ask you guys, uh, when I'm watching some of these older races, I will say, and I wasn't a fan then, and I'm not I'm even more kind of annoyed now, the V6s, the buzzy V6s are oh. grating to listen to. I love it. I love See, it. That's, 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 <laughs> I figured you'd say that. Well, the, the only reason I say that is because it's so ingrained in my brain as like a core childhood memory. Sitting in my grandma's house in Fayetteville, Arkansas, with TNN on with a bush race and these fucking bumblebees out there, you know, <laughs> just that sound. And, you know, it's like Benny Parsons and the boys out there just, you know, calling the race on a Saturday afternoon. And then at night, you know, once the sun goes down, small, the honeysuckle out in the air. And then you can hear the dirt track about three miles from my grandparents' house where my uh, great grandfather used to race. You hear that off in the distance. So like that to me is like a very core childhood memory so it is awful i'll, I'll give you that <laughs> and i'd probably feel differently if it wasn't uh such a special like piece of my personal dna but mm-hmm. yeah i i love those fucking v6s man i love the way that sounds just <laughs> it's horrible <laughs> <laughs> one one thing i i will say um that i didn't notice then but I notice it now, and aside from the motor differences, but just the cars themselves, the Bush cars compared to the Cup cars, are like noticeably smaller. Where yep. you know, I think when I got back into racing in in the 2010s, <clears throat> the at least then the Cup and Bush cars. I mean, granted, they had different you know body styles for you know, say Ford had Mustangs and Fusions or whatever. But mm-hmm. as far as like the size and the sound and everything, I mean, the cars were fairly similar. You know, Cup and Bush cars. You know, granted now they're completely different, but I think in the early nineties and the eighties, especially like, I guess I just didn't notice until now catching up and rewatching some of these old races, how much different the cars back then were. Yeah. It's a smaller frame. And I don't know if that has something to do with the fact that in the mid eighties that cup cars were a little bit smaller and then mm-hmm. they uh, eventually grew back up. I don't know if it's the shared chassis from back in those days, kind of like it is now. You can still use the same tubes and all that uh, from years past. I, it's actually a question I'd have for any listeners out there. Maybe you could yeah, cause I don't know clarify that, either, that because I don't know that either. But you're, you are right. They look – and maybe it's just the sound that makes them look even smaller <laughs> than they are. It's definitely it's definitely just the look. Like, like, like you know, I, I'm not going not gonna to let that bother me too much. Um, 
So getting back to the race, I think that really covered most of the, the the main points I wanted to make. You know, we already talked about Jeff's problems. At one point, they interview uh, his car owner at the time, who is Bill <laughs> Davis. And I can't understand a no. fucking word he says. <laughs> no, you not can't. A thing. Not one. <laughs> and it's not even not even so much because of like the cars being too loud. It's just I can't. He's talking too fast. He's pissed off. I don't know what the hell he's saying. So if anybody else out there can decipher that for us, let us know. <laughs> um, Bob Labonte did win this race. Of course, uh, I think his dad, Bob Labonte, owned the car, right? Finally. Yes. Yeah. Not mistaken, driving that 44 Slim Jim car. Chuck Bowne coming in second, of course. Yeah, Kenny Wallace, had, up there. Kenny Wallace had the lead after Gordon had his problems, but there were a handful of cautions towards the end of the race, one of them uh, being brought out by Ward Burton again. But uh, yeah, uh, Bobby Labonte ended up winning the race. You know, so you got a fresh-faced baby, Bobby Labonte. He's yeah. God, probably like twenty-one or something. I don't know how old he's been, twenty-seven. He's... Oh fuck! Yeah. Well, he looks like he's twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> People look different back in yeah. them days. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so that was that was the race. So again, th- th- this is part of. Uh, being a fan of old shit is concerned. Not everything you, you dig up is going to be exciting and incredibly interesting, but no. you know, for me, I like to find the interesting tidbits in these old races. And I feel like, I feel like there were enough things there to keep me interested that uh, even oh, yeah. though the, the racing itself was not the most thrilling out there, it's there's still some, some neat stuff. So check it out. It's going to be on our YouTube playlist by the time you listen to this next week. I don't know what the hell we'll do, I'll, but I will say that I found a new YouTube channel with lots of old monster truck races that I have not seen and oh, have not sorry. been on YouTube in years. So I have a feeling maybe you'll, you guys get your first taste of monster trucks on the show next week. Oh, nice. hell yeah. That's nice. something that I have very minimal knowledge of, but I really do enjoy every time oh, I see it. So and I'm looking forward to it. As Ashley knows firsthand from last year, uh, I know mm. just about everything about it. So uh, I was going to say, get ready you, are, for you, are, you, are, you are beyond <laughs> enthusiast level. You are obsessed. I know this about you. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't say obsessed because like there. I would say that. I don't know, man. You. I've seen some shit on Instagram that would say to the, uh, the counter there. I, I, well, we'll get more into it next week when we talk about monster <laughs> trucks. Even before I was really collecting racing stuff, you know, probably I started collecting the monster truck shirts like 15 years ago, and uh, yeah, I, I've got a lot to say about them. So, but we'll save it for next week. So, so next week's Atlanta, right? Yes. True love's going to yes. be there. Mm-hmm. What do we think about there. Atlanta, folks? There's a lot of weird shit going on here. Pit road entries on turn three now, like it's Martinsville or some mm. shit. <laughs> yeah, people seem to bring up the fact there weren't a ton of green flag stops last year. So who knows if mm. it'll really be a factor, I guess. That's kind of how I feel, too. Like, it is a plate race now, or whatever they want to call it now. So I don't mm-hmm. really see tire wear being much of an issue. Yeah, especially with the fresh asphalt, but I, I have no idea. Uh, True love, you're the only person who's actually seen this racing in in person. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how it looks on TV. I can't say I've gone back and watched it on TV, but I've been to both races last year, and in person, it's incredible. Like, mm-hmm. I'm on the edge of my seat, the lap one to the very end. So I I really enjoy race. New Atlanta. Yeah. Hell in yeah. person. Yeah, I, I wish I wasn't so broke or else I'd be down there with you. But uh, unfortunately, yeah. right now, uh, it's not in the cards, especially since we've already got a pretty busy May ahead of us. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll uh, come down for the uh, July night race. See, Ooh. OK, it's, it is a night race. That's that's yeah. that's potential. That sounds yeah. better than sitting out in the middle of the day in Georgia. I'll yeah, tell you that. fuck that. That was <laughs> terrible last summer. 
Jesus. 165 degree fucking sauna nonsense. I'm all set, buddy. I can get that at Loudon. <laughs> Pass out in the metal grandstand. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know who you who you guys have as uh, favorites for the race, but for whatever fucking reason, I'm feeling like it's Brad's week this week. I just, I just got a feeling, you know, RFK has been good this year. Brad's a plate race guy. Um, you know, maybe, maybe Corey LaJoy, this could be this, his weekend too. He was good here last year. I know Ashley, you got your feelings. Please, about no. Put that please on don't. Crew up, please. <laughs> Me watch Corey LaJoy win in person. <laughs> don't make I gotta, me start my season okay, off like So, that. so who, who would you, you've seen a lot of people win that you've loved and hated, uh-huh. Is there a driver that you've seen win that you'd be that you were more disappointed by than if you saw Corey win? Like, like who who is the lowest, like the most upset you've been? <laughs> the the bottom win? of the basement. Man, um, I don't know. I mean, I had to see Truex win a few times when he was like top of my shit list, but that was like years ago. I'm over that now. Um, mm-hmm. uh, not. I I haven't left a track like kicking and screaming and pitching a fit. So, but if Corey, if I had to watch fucking Corey LaJoy win for personal reasons, I I might <laughs> pitch a little fit. I might be Dar for the week next week. <laughs> It'll happen to all of us at some point. I'm sure. I'm- I mean, I my I had my moment in 2011 at the 500 when I went. That was my first 500 and. Uh, listener and friend of the show, uh, Greg, he and I went and drank four locos, and these were the original four locos, mind you. The good ones, yeah. And uh, I was I was incredibly pissed off with Trevor Bain's victory and threw an apple on the track after <laughs> Happy he won. Birthday, and I just Bain. just kept screaming, just kept screaming about uh, him being the next Derek Cope. Um, so I, I kind of feel a little bad about that now, but, uh, you know, different times. He's had a little bit of a redemption arc, I guess. A tiny bit. A little bit. I mean, I would like to see him get another another opportunity. And and I've gone back and watched that 500. And it's actually it's a better race than I thought it was. But you know, again, yeah. we were we were on a different level that day as fans. God, do I have anybody? I don't know if I've ever seen a race that really just like made me want to crawl on my own skin. It's got to be mm-hmm. a Bush race. Watching Kyle Bush win. Mm-hmm. back in the in the before times everyone loves him now so but back in the day like him like winning at loudon or something like that it's probably one of those but again that's like, how, that's that's how i felt about jeff gordon i had one or two gordon victories in the 90s and yeah that pissed me off obviously <laughs> so yeah first first trip to the racetrack this year true love uh that's mm-hmm. awesome i'm so jealous of you i'm going to thompson in a couple weeks for the icebreaker i'm sure i'll talk about that what about yes. you brian when's the first time you're going to the racetrack this year well, I mean, the first NASCAR race is going to be uh, Darlington. I always go to the the spring Darlington race. Uh, other than that, I, I got to just see when the local tracks are opening. Uh, I don't have any plans to like leave town or go too far. But I mean, within 45 minutes of here, I've got, you know, a couple asphalt tracks and we've got Fremont Speedway. They run sprint cars there. So I just got to see when they open. Uh, I'm assuming probably by the end of April, something will be running. So I'll probably go to one of those. Yeah, pretty much the whole world's running by then. So yeah. yeah. Now, is yeah. spring Darlington, is that the week before the All-Stars? Yeah, see, that's that was something that I was going to talk to you about, uh, mm. talk to you with uh, off the air because I got to figure out what the hell I'm doing because part of me wants to just stay in the Carolinas between Darlington and 
the all-star race, but I got to figure oh, out how the hell buddy. you work yeah. that. It's a whole damn vacation. That's how yeah, you do well, it. Rather than driving up and down twice. I mean, yeah. that's, we'll see what happens. I hope that happens for your sake because that sounds fucking awesome. I've been to North Wilkesboro as a trespasser before, <laughs> and I never got a chance to see it when it was a live racetrack, uh, whether it was in the before ghost times that we all sort of pine for or when they brought the cars tour there or whatever it was that chase elliott raced at in 2012 13 but man that is a special place for sure you can feel the weight of that place i mean true love you went to north wilkesboro and the cars tour came back uh, yeah talk about that for a second i'm really oh. curious <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about that now i'm interviewing um... you now yeah let's do it <laughs> fuck it I, I'm, I'm curious because that it looks incredible. Like I know how I felt when I walked in there. I never got yeah. a chance to see race cars there, and I know you said it was in, it was yeah. so special. Like I mean, just that was my first trip to North Wilkesboro, and just you know, just walking in, the place was just packed to the gills. Like the energy of that weekend, or those it wasn't even a weekend. It was like a Tuesday or Wednesday or some shit. But the energy in that place those couple of days was just like nothing i've ever experienced at a racetrack before just i don't know it's definitely a very very special place and the fact that they're just keeping it frozen in time it's just it's a experience that is unlike anything else on the series right now so i'm really excited to go back yeah the fact the modified tour is going back there that that's to me that's huge shit mm-hmm. right there you know <laughs> yeah if if i end up staying down there for the week i'll probably end up trying to go to the the cars to a race with you but we'll see oh yeah well you better get a ticket yeah i know i know that said folks if you want to hang out with us the racetrack is the best place to do it we'll tell you where we're at and i'm sure yeah. we'll all be popping off on social media talking about it so mm-hmm. come say what's up we'd love to have a beer with anybody out there yeah if uh, anyone wants to meet up at atlanta sunday let me know Hell yeah. I got to say for Atlanta, though, I, I kind of got to keep on the Hendrick train a little bit. Yeah, They're well, super good at the super speedways and Atlanta's Byron won last spring. So he might be, be wearing that big dumb hat for the third week in a row. Honestly, <laughs> I would not be surprised to see it happen. Again, those races are so unpredictable, but Hendrick is, you know, they're better qualifiers than they are racers in those situations. But, you know, Larson almost won the Daytona 500. He was up there pretty much the whole day, and he almost won his duel, too. So, I don't know. We'll see. I got to I gotta keep my money on Hendrick, though. I'm going to say Alex Bowman's going to win this shit. Wouldn't be mad at that. Uh, I don't, has he, he hasn't won a plate race yet. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. this isn't really a real plate race, but still. He's, well, he's, but he's been in the top 10 every single race this year. And I feel like, yeah, that's fair. I think he's due. I think, I think, I don't see Hendrick dropping off in performance enough for him to not be present. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Alex Bowman. Fuck it, I've never said that in my life. <laughs> so this is the first, folks. <laughs> Alex Bowman for the win on Sunday. Oh, and Austin Hill in the Xfinity Series is gonna win me money. Uh, you watch yeah. that shit. That's let's hope. Seems like a pretty good bet right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. I gotta say one more thing before we get out of here. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my buddy Kyle Armstrong from the Forward Bite podcast. He's actually the one who showed me the Dark of the Week shit. Like literally, like about thirty minutes after last week's episode dropped, he sent me a text. He's like, "Hey man, I got your Dark of the Week for next week." It was somebody talking shit about Jonathan Davenport running Bristol because it's not a dirt race. So I just want to say thanks, Kyle, for that. That is 
it is the dumbest thing I saw all week. And thank you for showing yeah. it to me. <laughs> also, if you're interested in dirt late model racing, four bike podcast is fucking awesome. It's on the Speed Sport Network. Check them out. Uh, I'm sure he'd appreciate it. And if you have any interest at all in watching them big wedges go around a dirt track, that's a good place to sort of get some history and uh, get tuned in with what's going on. So cool. All right, folks. Well, uh, thanks uh, for coming with us to Applebee's one more time, and we'll uh, talk to you all next week. Yeah, the mozzarella sticks still have not arrived. I got to go way <laughs> down the server. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, where's our blue drink set? <laughs> <laughs>